Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Welcome back to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us. And uh, we're going to try to get right into our subject today. And our subject, as all of our subjects are, is a gospel-centered subject. We're focusing on what the Word of God says about this particular subject. And, of course, it's in light of the ministry that we're involved in on the sidewalks at abortion centers. Um, These subjects that we cover in this podcast are oftentimes subjects that either someone reached out and asked, hey, how would you handle this, or things that we personally have encountered and we thought if we talked through it, it'd be a blessing to you guys. And the subject today is going to be the subject of sexual purity, and in particular, how to introduce and uh, and talk about the subject of sexual purity with women, primarily at the abortion center, but also men, and uh, we'll probably give you some scenarios in which we've encountered this and shared this, and we'll talk through again what the Bible says. So, Vicki, uh, maybe just kind of share what uh, encouraged you to write this article, and then uh, we'll jump right into some of the scriptures and some of the things that we have to cover for this topic. Yeah, well, right away, we believe that there would be no abortions if there was no sexual impurity, that it is sexual sin that leads to abortions. But very specifically, this comes up all the time. It is an issue all the time. And one of our counselors nationally reached out to me and said, you know, I'm just, uh, I need some help in a, a statement that'll stop someone in their tracks and plant a seed for sexual purity. Yeah. So I, I thought this would be a good subject for us to then help people. How do you broach the subject if you have a long time and if you only have a few seconds? Because it cannot be ignored. It absolutely has to be addressed, I believe, for anyone that is ministering outside of an abortion center. Yeah, yeah. And so what you said, I want to reiterate, and we said this before we even started recording this this podcast, Mm -hmm. is that the vast majority of abortions take place because of sexual immorality. Right. Uh, Sex outside of marriage, primarily. Sometimes it's an adulterous situation where... You know, someone's married to a man and they go and you know have an adulterous affair with, with another man. Yep. Um, if sexual immorality was not a thing, then abortion would likely not be a thing. I right. mean, you can, of course, think, well, yeah, some women that are married and get pregnant by their husband have abortions. That does happen. But if you yeah. look at the vast majority and it's in the it's in the 90 percent uh, range of abortions that take place, they take place because someone had sex outside of marriage and got caught up in a situation they didn't account for. Right. And so, though our primary goal in talking to a mom at an abortion center is going to be talking to her about her baby and trying to convince her not to kill her baby through abortion, it is appropriate because these women are caught up just like we were, right? We were mm-hmm. caught up in a cycle of sin that leads to death. Mm-hmm. These women are caught up in that cycle of sin and death, and we want to break that cycle. So we've got to address the things that that get her caught up in that cycle, like 
she she got pregnant somehow, right? Yeah. She got pregnant quite likely because of sex outside of marriage. Yeah. That's ultimately what brought her to the abortion center. And so if we can address that, and, and it's not just the women going into the abortion center. It's also women that we've ministered to who maybe have um, you know a post-abortion story. Mm-hmm. We've encountered them coming out after they had the abortion. Mm-hmm. And so the sexual purity message can be appropriate there. For men, I mean, I've literally, just to kind of maybe jump the gun a little bit and go ahead a little bit in this article, I've talked to men in front of the abortion center weeping their eyes out because they didn't want their, their girlfriend to go and have the abortion. They didn't want – as matter of fact, this happened uh, while I was out in California. A young man yeah. came walking up to me, asked me and the people that are out there, please pray for my girlfriend. I don't want her to do this. I never, never wanted to be a part of an abortion like this. And then, of course – his situation was they're not married. They had, they had sex outside of marriage, got caught up in a situation they didn't account for. And so I've talked to men in that situation, and you have to be sensitive, of course. You don't want to add insult to injury. You know, when they're out there weeping on the sidewalk and their girlfriend's in there to have an abortion, I don't want to just hammer him with, hey, well, you shouldn't have had sex outside of marriage, you wicked sinner. Right. Um, I want to be gracious, but also I want to be you know, forthright. Hey, and I've said this oftentimes, do you see where sin leads? Yeah. The Bible warns against sex outside of marriage. Do you see that it's not just because God wants to withhold something from you, but it's actually God cares about you and doesn't want you to be caught up in situations like this? That's right. It's his protection. Yeah. And then the the third uh, opportunity, I guess, to be able to talk about sexual purity is for if you're at a place like a Planned Parenthood that offers birth control pills. Yeah. These women, they, they may not very well not be there for an abortion. We hear that all the time. Oh, I'm not here for that. I'm not here for an abortion. But they are there for birth control pills. Yeah. And maybe this is your opportunity to prevent a future abortion right. by, yeah. by addressing the whole issue of sexual impurity or sexual immorality because most of the times, again, the women going in for the birth control pills are quite often young unmarried women yeah. and men. So yeah. so I think the first thing that we need to have clear in our heart is, well, it, well is it bad? Is it bad to have sex outside of marriage? Certainly the culture says it's not bad. TV right. says it's not bad. Movies say it's not bad. The songs say it's not bad. Yeah. But what does the Bible say? Which is, is our, of course, where we go to first for our morals and our, um, what is what we should be telling others. Yeah, is absolutely. Truth. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, certainly it should be a personal conviction to us, but not a personal conviction just based on our feelings, but based right. on the word of God. So yeah. What does the word of God say? I mean, we can go right. We, we can go all the way back to the first, you know, two books of the Bible, we can see what sexual sin did even in Genesis. But in particular, I'm thinking of Exodus in chapter 20, the Ten Commandments, the yeah. Seventh Command, you shall not commit adultery, right. which includes all sexual immorality. So there's the clear foundation there that God is against all sexual immorality. Any sex outside of marriage right. is sexual immorality. And, uh, you know, so that's a, a clear biblical standard right there. Yeah. But then you've got a few scriptures that you put out here, which are all great from uh, from the New Testament. And again, this is not just a New Testament principle. Sex outside of marriage is right. a principle since the very beginning because Correct. God God is the one that created sex. Uh, but of course, the devil and human beings in their willingness to believe the lies of the devil have really perverted this thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that God has created to be something beautiful inside of marriage. 
the devil and human beings have perverted it. Right. Uh, but the New Testament does address sexual, sex outside of marriage several times. I'm going to read just a few passages here. Um, the first one I'm going to read is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18, where it says, Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. The principle in this particular passage of Scripture, I mean, you can get into depth. We could read the whole context of it. Um, but really, the, the principle kind of remains true through the whole Bible, really, and why God is against sexual immorality, not just because you know he's grossed out by it or whatever, but it really has to do with God's concern and care for human beings. Mm-hmm. God cares for us. Um, a lot of times I'll say, I'll say it on the microphone, I'll say it in one-on-one conversations, is that when God sets up his standard, and in particular the standard of you shall not commit adultery or have sex outside of marriage, that standard, we could view that standard one of two ways. We could view it as kind of a, a gate to keep us out of, out of enjoying like a beautiful pasture that God wants to keep us away from this beautiful place where we could go and have fun and enjoy life. We can view it like that. Yeah. Or kind of like a, a boundary that God says you can't go because, after all, if you went past that boundary, you would enjoy life. And so God wants to hold something back from you. We can view it like that. Or we can view it, I think, more accurately or, or in contrast to that, which is not accurate at all. God's not trying to just keep something from us. Um, you can view it, I think, biblically, which is like a guardrail on a mountain road. Right. You're driving the mountain road. Many of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. You see those guardrails. If you were to look over the edge, you would see that there's a there's a quite a fall that you would have if you went past that guardrail. That guardrail is not there to keep you from enjoying your flight. You know, <laughs> I want to fly, and so that guardrail is holding me back from flying. That guardrail is to keep you from a heap of destruction at the bottom of that mountain, and right. that's what God's word is. That's what the law of God is. It's to keep you from destruction. Right. And that's what this is talking about in this 1 Corinthians chapter 6 passage. And I think it's also interesting in that passage that it it compares sexual sin with other sins. And and that there is something specially dangerous about sexual sin is what this would indicate. Yeah, absolutely. And again, if you look throughout the Old Testament, you look at, I mean, I think of a man like David, Mm -hmm. King David, who was a Mm -hmm. prophet, a priest, a man after God's own heart. And yet what was his demise? It was sexual sin, right? And again, God wants us to be warned of the consequences of sexual sin because of the destruction that comes from it. Things like abortion, like sexually transmitted diseases, like the destruction of relationships, those things are the result of sexual sin. And he says here, this sin is um, against your own body, against your own body. So it does destruction to you and to your own body in so many ways. The next passage, and again, you've got a couple of passages here, which I think, guys, get a hold of this article and read all these passages. Yeah, we'll Be familiar this. with these. Um, but that Hebrews chapter 13, verse mm-hmm. 4 passage, it says, Let marriage be held in honor among all. Man, that's a rebuke to our, our modern day, that marriage is not right. held in honor. Right. Um, let marriage be held in honor among all. And let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Yeah. And here's where it comes to like, like, yes, God is a just judge. God does have a standard, and that standard is for our good. Mm-hmm. But God, as a creator, has, has a right to say what is good and what is right for our good, but also because he says so. 
Yeah. And the Bible tells us very clearly, Go, you go on into Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, where it talks about that these people that will in, not inherit the kingdom of God, but will be put into the lake of fire are sexually immoral people. Of course, it talks about idolaters, and it talks about cowards, and it talks about liars. Mm-hmm. But the sexually immoral are there, too. And in, um, in 1 Corinthians, I believe, in that same passage in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, I think it's verse 9, where it says that the sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. And in the passage in uh, is it Galatians chapter 6, where Paul talks about those who will not inherit the kingdom of God, and he talks about um, you know, he shares about the fruits of the Spirit after this passage. Right before this passage, he talks about the Spirit wars against the flesh, and the deeds of the flesh are evident. And he talks about sexual immorality. It's woven through the whole New Testament that sexual immorality is something that God is not okay with and does not approve of, that we should oppose. And if we care about people that are in sexual immorality because we don't want them to be judged by God, we need to warn them about right. this. Right. And I mean, you can do it. You can you can hold up a sign that says "Turn or Burn." <laughs> I guess God could use that. Mm-hmm. But I think in these situations, it's more appropriate for us to address these situations forthrightly, but with grace, and to have a conversation, especially with a woman who's in a broken situation. To just tell her "Turn or Burn" is probably not going to be the best way to to approach it. Right. But I do think we need to issue warnings as yeah. it pertains to sexual immorality. Not just yeah. it's a bad idea for you. It might just affect your body. It you know it leads to things like abortion. We can certainly mention those things. But I think we also need to warn them of the fact that they're going to stand before God and give an account. Yeah. Give them the biblical warning. And also, quite often, if they're in front of an abortion center, they are there not happy, not at peace. No, they know that their choices have led them to a place they don't want to be. So they're open maybe to that message. And I will often say, well, where did um, your desire to have sex outside of marriage lead you? Was it to a place that you wanted to be? Was this relationship where you wanted it to to be? And quite often the, the man is the one urging the abortion, and they're yeah. able to to see, well, honestly, sex outside of marriage really did harm them. Yeah. They, they are able to see maybe better than when things are going great and they're not standing in front of an abortion center. Yeah. But one of the main struggles, I think, is what we alluded to earlier, cultural norms and oppose us. I mean, it yeah. is everywhere. The, the joy of sex outside of marriage with none of the consequence, right. none of the fallout, yeah. none of the destruction. And because of that, um, you often have an upward battle in, oh, in trying to present yeah. to them that this is, um, this is not good. Yeah. I mean, so. strangely, even in the Christian culture of America, it's like sex outside of marriage is the norm. It's almost yeah. like you're speaking a foreign language yeah. when you say things like fornication is sin. Right. And even the word fornication, I actually use the word fornication. Yeah. It's a maybe a I don't know, an old school word or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. It's a biblical word. Right. And it has certain connotations to it. And if I use the word fornication, I'll always explain what that means. Fornication is any sex outside of marriage, yeah. outside of the covenant of marriage. But yeah, fornication is even like a foreign term to even to, to a lot of modern Christians. Yeah. This idea that sex outside of marriage somehow is is not God's will for us. I mean, it's again, it's a common biblical reality. And for our society and even, unfortunately, for some of the church, 
it's a foreign concept to say that sex outside of marriage is sin, that it's wrong. Yeah. So I have often found as I am sharing the truth about sexual um, purity and that sex outside of marriage is a sin, um, usually the women are surprised. I mean, on one level, they're not. When I when I say, do you think God approves of sex outside of marriage? They they will sometimes say, uh, no, he he really doesn't. But sometimes they are surprised, which always surprises me. Yeah. But um. But so how how do we uh how do we broach that subject? That is um I, probably one of the most common questions I get regarding this from fellow counselors how how do you bring it up in in the first place and maybe you could share how you do how i do quite often is i'm sharing the gospel yeah. and i'm sharing ray comfort's kind of framework for the gospel and when i ask them are you going to heaven and hell and then i go through a list of sins to show them hey you're really not the good person you thought you were and one of those is always have you ever lusted after someone that you're not married to and they almost always, of course, say yes. And then I'll say, well, the Bible calls that adultery, and it's very serious. And why Why do you think it's serious? And well, that's how I get into the subject. And then I'll point out verses that some of them that we've already listed. Yeah. And from there, we can, we'll get into the – this is now, again, if you have an extended amount of time right. when, when you have to speak with them. But – Often that's how I begin that that discussion. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times I'll begin the discussion and I do talk to women at the abortion center and I will mention this subject. I'm probably not going to get as in depth with a woman as you would. Right. Um, But with the men, I'll kind of approach the subject just like I explained earlier. If he's there on the sidewalk and uh, a lot of times these guys are weeping, they're broken. Sometimes it's crocodile tears and they're just really feeling guilty and yeah. they probably are the one that brought her there. But I have had men like bawling their eyes out, hoping yeah. that she would come out of there and not have the abortion. And so I will introduce the subject of sexual purity by saying something to the effect of, "You do you see where sexual sin leads? Yeah. I might ask the question like you do. Um, what do you think God thinks about sex outside of marriage? And most people, if they... I mean, listen, we all have a conscience. We all know right from wrong. We all know that sexual sin is wrong. We know that it's wrong. Um, society has taught us otherwise, and we believe the lives of society for the most part, but we all know it's wrong. So most men will reply, well, I know it's wrong, but something like you know, everybody's doing it. It's just right. what you do. Right. Um, and so I'll continue in the conversation and talking about, well, if you wouldn't have had sex outside of marriage, would you be here in the situation that you're in? Do you see that God's word, even though maybe you don't agree with the Bible, do you see that God's word and what God set forth is the best? Yeah. And I might even get, I've gotten into some even like statistical conversations about God's ways being the best ways. Even um, sociologists and psychologists and all these people would agree that the best context for a child to be raised in is two parents that are married, (laughs) two parents um, the mom and the dad right. even have to be specific in this day and age about that. You do. Yeah. Yep. The two parents are a mom and the dad. For them to be married, 
And to stay married is the best context for a child to be raised in. God's ways are the best ways. And so yeah. I'll have the conversation along those lines. Normally. Yeah, those are good. Um, another way that I will enter into that discussion is if they have a daughter, and oftentimes you'll find that out, hey, or yeah. what if you have a daughter? But if you do have a daughter, would you want your daughter to have sex outside of marriage? Or do you want her to wait till marriage? They almost uniformly say that that they would prefer that they wait. Yeah. So, um, so those are just some some. If you have probably a bit of time, more than more than just a few seconds, right? But and we already talked about how sex outside of marriage really does harm us, yeah. and it and it's protective. God's. Um, commandment that we should be sexually pure. But one of the things that I encounter a lot, and I think we've discussed this on other podcasts, is people will claim, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, Jesus is Lord of my life. Yeah. And then, well, is he really? If Have you submitted every area of your life if you have not submitted in this area? Right. And I think that is a really important question to ask them. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, there is this kind of fight and there's this kind of back and forth in their minds when you talk about whether or not sex outside of marriage is right or whether it's wrong. In one breath, they'll say, well, I know it's wrong. And then another breath, they'll say it's right. And again, at the end of the day, God's standard is what matters. And the standard of of society (laughs) has no bearing on what, when we stand before God, what we're going to give an account for. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So if Jesus is Lord, we're going to obey him in all areas of our life. And sexual purity is one of those areas. But what I do encounter, again, I would say most of the time is their own parents have been sexually impure outside of marriage or are unmarried, or there's no dad in the picture at all. Their role models are terrible. That doesn't excuse it, but it helps you to understand they have never had anyone model what the Bible is saying is the ideal. And so you are working against a culture and you really are, you need to shift their worldview. And we obviously can't do that on our own power. That's a right, major yeah. task, yeah. certainly in the few minutes that we might have. But God can do it, and his word can do it, and the conviction of his word. And so that's why it's so important going back to kind of where we started. Know what the Bible says. Yeah. Have those verses ready. Um, I just want to uh, say that one of the, count- the the same counselor that asked me this question, then after I discussed with her what I do, she said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a postcard with with some of these main points that we're raising right now with some of these verses, and I'm going to hand it out to women because I often don't have the time, but then you've got a handout that can speak for you when yeah. when you're not there. And I thought that was a great idea, and she actually made a great handout yeah, for, for these women. Yeah. Yeah. I think having something, because again, like we've talked about oftentimes, what you're doing is planting seeds and watering seeds. Yeah. Quite likely, especially here in the South, when you're talking about sexual morality, you're just reiterating things that they have already heard in church that they already know. Right. And uh, reinforcing again what their conscience already says is right and wrong. You're handing them a piece of literature. Again, There's that's more seeds planted or watering other seeds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to share just a, a kind of briefly a situation, a story where I was talking to a young man. This is, uh, we had a young lady that came here to the abortion center. She came on board the mobile ultrasound unit, ended up choosing life. It's an awesome story. I mean, she was visibly pregnant. It was a couple of years back. 
And uh, she ended up calling me up on the phone. She had some situation going on with the boyfriend, with the father of the baby. And she was like, I want you to come and just basically set him straight. (laughs) And, uh, of course, she needed to be set straight, too, because they were having sex outside of marriage. So one of the female counselors ministered to her. Anyway, long story short, we end up in a restaurant. I went and got the guy, took him out to eat. I was just talking to him. I kind of got him to share his story and share what what's the contention between him and his girlfriend and all this stuff. And like, hey, you're a dad now, dude. You need to step it up. And he starts sharing like all these, like basically, well, she she had sex with my my friend, and then I, so I had sex with her friend, oh, and it's like my, all this like yeah. I'm like, oh gosh. I said, wait wait a minute, yeah, Hold on one second. You know, you're a human being. Like you're not an animal. You don't have to be given to the whims every time you feel like you need to go and have sex with someone like you just have to surrender that God has made you for so much more. So I started speaking like encouragement. I also rebuked the guy too. like, man, you're a human being. You're not an animal that's just given to all your passions and lusts and stuff. It really speaks to what the word of God says. And the word of God says, talking about the fruits of the spirit, Mm. one of those fruits of the spirit is self-control. Right. Human beings can have self-control. But of yeah. course, like you said, you've got to be born of the Spirit. And so, of course, I share the gospel with this young man. He didn't yeah. surrender his life to Jesus at that point, but he at least had an encounter with the truth. Yeah. And I think as men, we need to encourage the young men that we encounter at the abortion center to step it up, to do before God what they should do rather than taking advantage of women and dropping them off at an abortion center, yeah. to be a man. Yeah. To not take advantage of women, but protect, right. protect women, of course, and children. And of course, like you have in this article and we just talked about, show them the result of their sin. Don't mm-hmm. you see? Because here's, he's talking about this, you know, he can't trust her. She can't trust him because of all this sexual immorality going around in their community. And like, gosh, what a, what a mess. And so I'm able to just clearly lay out to him, don't you see what a mess your life is? Don't you see what a mess you following your own passions and the whims of your flesh is creating? Or you can't even trust your own best friend. You can't even trust your girlfriend. She can't trust you. It's just a mess. Yeah. And I think he was able to see the destruction that comes from disobeying God's word. And that kind of goes into what we we labeled on the article that we wrote about thought-provoking questions, asking questions and finding out you know, what what the background is, but then asking those questions that help them to reassess what caused this mess in a general way, what caused this mess in your life? Yeah. And they, he was able to conclude, I assume, that his mess was caused. He at least had a, had a confrontation with that truth, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, whether or not the, um, the Lord changed his life and he surrendered to God's will in that situation. I, I hadn't heard back from him. Yeah, well, and I, sometimes... I was planting <laughs> seeds. I was watering seeds. And that, I think, is key. We are planting seeds. And then, remember, don't be discouraged. You are working against, really, an entire worldview culture that is so pervasive. It would almost be a miracle if someone said, you are right, and I'm never going to have sex again outside of marriage. That would probably not be the norm. And so don't be discouraged. I do see this area oftentimes. I, I will still see women submit or people submit their lives to the Lord. And this area remains a difficult area, yeah. but I have seen people grow in, in the, as they walk with the Lord and as they come really are convicted more and more by the Lord to grow in this area. So this, I, I think it's a really hard area yeah. for people to just 
instantaneously change and to know it might be a process. It doesn't mean all hope is lost. It doesn't mean that they aren't really haven't encountered God, but that it might be um, a process of them growing and understanding the truth of, of what you're trying to convey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I think, listen, let's just be real. You can't give what you don't have. Yeah. And so we ourselves, now I will say, as you, you just shared, it would be a miracle if God took someone out of that. God did that for me. Yeah. I was a fornicator before I came to know the Lord. And certainly after I came to know the Lord, there were some temptations there and there right. was some sexual sin that I fell into. Yeah. Um, not full blown, you know, sex outside of marriage, but other sexually immoral things and temptations yeah. I put myself situations I put myself into. And by God's grace, he took me out of that stuff. He grew me in to, you know, the process of sanctification. Right, sanctifying me, making me more like Jesus. Um, but I kind of bring that around to you. Listen, we can't give what we don't have if we're not walking in holiness before the Lord. If we're not keeping our eyes ourselves as ministers of the gospel pure from sexual immorality. Yeah. If we're not, if we're not keeping our hands pure from sexual immorality, then we need to check our own hearts right. and may even need to step back. I would say definitely, if you're involved in sexual immorality, you need to step back from trying to minister to other people whose problem is sexual immorality and get that thing right before God. Yeah. Confess that sin to someone, a, another man that would hold you accountable or another woman, if you're a woman that would hold you accountable. And uh, listen, because if you're a believer in Jesus, this is what this first Corinthians passage was written to believers to warn them about the results of sexual immorality. Yeah. If you fall victim or, I don't want to say fall victim, fall prey. I guess that's the same yeah. kind of terminology. Give into that if temptation. If you give into it mm -hmm. and fall into sexual sin, it doesn't necessarily mean you you know you lose your salvation and you're no longer a Christian. Um, but certainly, you set yourself up um, to be ensnared by the devil. And uh, I've seen people start out really well, serving God, walking with the Lord, and give themselves to sexual immorality. And months later, they don't want to have anything to do with God. Yeah. Exactly. Because their the hearts sin become has darkened. a way of snowballing, doesn't yeah. it, from, yeah. one, from one sin to the next? So I'll say that, just we need to check our own hearts. Yeah. And then, of course, as we've been cleansed before God, we want to see others cleansed as well. And I will share my testimony. I've shared my testimony of being a fornicator and God saving me out yeah. of that. And if yeah. God did it for me, he can do it for anybody. Yeah. Because, uh, man, <laughs> I was really steeped in it, yeah. and he rescued me from it. And so our testimonies are powerful in how God has rescued us from sexual immorality. Yeah, which is another great tip. And at the end of this article, we do list a few practical tips. I'll just go over them really fast. Have handouts with sexual purity scripture. Yeah. Um, talk about the negative effects of promiscuity, STDs, whatever. Give some of those statistics. Offer community alternatives to Planned Parenthood. Um, and have handouts on the path to salvation because ultimately that is like you said that that is what is that's what the cure is yeah um, and remember that we're planting seeds with all of those with yeah all those things yeah absolutely yeah well guys we hope this episode was a blessing to you we would encourage you guys to share this episode with others uh, maybe you think it would be an encouragement to someone else that's in sidewalk ministry or maybe someone that's not in, currently involved in sidewalk ministry, send it out, share it with friends, reach out to us. Let us know what you think about this podcast episode and the other episodes. Let us know maybe if there are other subjects you'd like for us to cover. We'd love to try to cover those subjects. You could reach me, Daniel at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicki at lovelife.org. We'd love to hear from you, but until next time, God bless. 
God bless you all. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. But nothing's too precious since I met you. 